1: Really creepy theme for tonight's primal scream a show and podcast all about spooky screen culture from movies on the big scary screen to whatever small evil thing you're streaming yes uh, great <laughs> <brave. laughs> terrible we are terrible it's great uh, we're broadcasting tonight from the haunted Triple R studios on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation. This will, is, is, and always will be Aboriginal land. Big thanks to Fee for the last three hours of maps. If things sound a little different this week, and they do, this is because tonight is our fourth annual Primal Screen Halloween show.
0: Ooh! Ooh.
1: Sleepy! Uh, Primal Screen Halloween 4. Do, 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 do. Um, Did you
0: like at. Halloween 4?
1: Um, Halloween 4, The Revenge of Michael Myers? That, yeah. The Return of Michael Was Myers? Was it The Return? The Return Five's The Revenge. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, just, yeah. I, I I don't mind it. It's, really? Yeah. I, it's not great. It has <laughs> an incredible mask? ending. The mask. Oh, the mask is balls. Yeah. <laughs> but that ending is stunning. And we we watched them in a marathon at the Astor a few years ago, and that ending went over like gangbusters with a crowd. And then Five just throws it all under a bus, and the, they get worse from there.
0: I just think, you Until- know, it peaks at... Three, really.
1: Okay, here's the thing. All right, th- this is off book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was, oh, hang I, on, I, this isn't
0: in the, the programming notes. We I mean, were meant to be talking about this. I, Sorry, I derailed, yo, yo, you, you right derailed it. No, you derailed it. Yeah, you've, oh. you've
1: well and truly blown the train off its tracks, <laughs> Mr Glass style. Now, what? Um, okay, so there's like a billion Halloween the 13, 12 or 13 Halloween movies. I want you two to pick, if you could pick a trilogy, if you could pick three of the Halloween franchise and and program that over an evening. What would it be? I have mine. Do you want me to say mine while you're thinking, okay. so it isn't dead Come air on, for the okay. listeners? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you kick it. Halloween seventy eight, of course. Um, then uh, a bit of a sidebar. Um, take Michael Myers out of the out of the equation entirely, and Halloween three: Season of the Witch. Um, One more night to Halloween, Halloween, (laughs) Halloween. Halloween. One more night to Halloween, silver (laughs) shamrock. (laughs) Um, Get your your masks, kids. (laughs) (laughs) And then bring out a direct, in some ways, direct sequel to Halloween. Halloween H2O, 20 years later. H2O. Wow. That's my trilogy. I have no idea
0: what I would uh, program, Paul. Do you know what? No one knows who we are.
1: (laughs) Don't they? No. Oh, they, they just... No one
0: knows who we are. He didn't introduce us.
1: No, because we're just talking about Halloween. Who are you? Who am Paul. I? I'm am...
0: Anthony Nelson.
1: Well, if I was going to say things sound a little different this week uh, because our usual host, Flick Ford, um, who I, I don't think she'll mind me saying, is a big old scary cat, uh, scaredy cat. S- scary <laughs> scaredy cat. Scary cat. Um, no,
0: she's a scary She doesn't her.
1: like the horror. So the task of lighting your way through the darkness of the haunted Triple R airwaves tonight falls to me, your horrifying host, Paul Anthony Nelson. Petrifying Paul Anthony Nelson. Not appalling, <laughs> as somebody tried to <laughs> intimate on social net media. And in the dark of the spooky studio tonight, I am joined by that person indeed, the aptly named Evil Emma Westwood.
0: <laughs> Hi, Paul. It's great to be here. Happy Halloween.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic! Happy Halloween to you, and we're also wishing a happy Halloween to Creepy Caitlin Goller.
2: I will also go by Caitlin Killer if you prefer.
1: You do now. This is the thing. I had you in as K- as Killer Caitlin, and then it's like, but we've got. Panelist killer Carl Chapman.
0: <gasps> oh, that's true. That's right. <laughs> and he's always killer. He's always killer. Uh, so no filler. Could,
1: yeah. So no I could and, uh, surrender the title. <laughs> Sorry, Caitlin. That's okay. Um,
2: Autocorrect's got my back there.
1: Caitlin <laughs> killer again. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> that's great. That's really trying to tell you something. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> um, I, I can't imagine. Um, help! Uh, if uh, so, on tonight's show, can I just jump in really quick yes, and say your my, Halloween my cursed
2: Halloween trilogy? I'm going to do the cursed Halloween trilogy. Oh, okay. Ready? Cursed. Halloween. Number four. Yeah. Rob zombies. Number two. And then Halloween Kills just to end it off in the biggest wow. bang
1: possible. Are they your three least favourites?
2: No, I really like Halloween Kills. It's my favourite of the David yeah. Gordon Green. So it has to end with a bang, but the other two are cursed beyond belief. So I think it'd be great.
1: Halloween 4 and Halloween <laughs> 2. Have you seen Halloween 6? Because Halloween 6 is balls in a basket. It's... It really
2: is. Did I, don't I don't think, think Sam Hane in that one? What's that? They pronounce Sam as Sam And it's, Sam Hain. it's like, are you talking about a dude called Sam Hane? Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Hain. And Paul Rudd did it really early on. Wow. It's and 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 they try to make uh, uh, Michael Myers a kind of like a a minion of druids or something, like this druid cult. The the cult of the black thorn. Bring him into it's garbage. Do you know
0: what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna actually have it at home. I've got a Halloween box set. I'm gonna go home and watch it now. I have never watched it.
1: Do the (laughs) the so called Jamie Lloyd trilogy, which is four, five, and six, which, yeah, it's only surpassed in, well, nah, yeah, maybe the David Gordon Green one and that are even. Okay. I don't like those movies. Um, Let's get back on track. Um, But thank you for that cursed Halloween. Trilogy. You're so welcome. But I'm I'm sorry. Halloween H2O craps on the 2018 one as far as where it takes um, Jamie. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just gonna move on. So on tonight's controversy. show, controversy I am controversy which, already uh, controversy right off the bat. I'm subtitling tonight cut into pieces because we are going to shine the spotlight of our jack o' lantern upon horror anthology films. Uh, these bite-sized pieces of terror collected into fearsome, frightening, and sometimes funny feature films. First, we'll be looking at one of the earliest examples of the genre, 1945's Dead of Night. Then we'll stay in England by leaping forward to the 1970s with The House That Dripped Blood, before coming to a close with a film that directly celebrates the spookiest of seasons, 2007's Trick or Treat. So as far as, uh, you know, I I like to give these quick sort of intros, these of of subgenres. So I'll give one now. So as far as my research goes, the oldest of screen horror anthologies is Richard Oswald's 1919 German Silent Eerie Tales, which is delightfully uh, um, described as being set in an antiquarian bookstore after close in which portraits of the strumpet, death, and the devil come to life and amuse themselves by reading stories about themselves. The Germans had a couple more cracks at it, with none other than Fritz Lang in 1921 with Destiny, then Paul Lenny and Leo Berinsky in 1924 with Waxworks, and Richard Oswald remaking your Tales* in 1932 as The Living Dead. Couldn't let go of it. The earliest American efforts came in 1943 with French director Julien Duvivier's Flesh and Fantasy, and a film which no longer survives and about which little is known which is James M. M. Totman's independent film Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, which coincidentally Mm -hmm. shares a title with a 1965 British anthology which would kick off a run by Amicus Productions, a company whose name would become synonymous with horror anthology films and one of which we'll be reviewing tonight, The House Mm. That Dripped Blood. In other nations, the French would enter the fray with 1949 Strange Tales, as well as later teaming three directorial giants, Federico Fellini, Louis Marle and Roger Fadim for the 1968 Edgar Allan Poe omnibus Spirits of the Dead."
0: Oh of course yeah that oh. ha-
1: famously had uh, Peter Fonda and Jane Fonda playing characters who were, may have had a thing for each other. <laughs> Um, that one was the Roger Vadim chapter of course it was Um, (laughs) the Japanese tradition of folk horror tales would be honoured in that country's first horror anthology the great director Masaki Kobayashi's Quaidan from Mm. 1964 while Mario Bava got the Italians into the act with 1963's Black Sabbath which is great Coffin Joe himself, Jose uh, Mojica Marins would bring the form to Brazil twice both in 1968 with The Strange World of Coffin Joe and Trilogy of Terror which also shares, the latter of which, shares a title with another famous film that might get a mention at some point tonight, Uh, a made-for-TV movie. And Vincent Price would turn up in Roger Corman's Tales of Terror, based on the tales of Edgar Allan Poe and Twice Told Tales, based on the stories of Nathaniel Hawthorne. But it was uh, British production house Amicus, formed by two Americans, Milton Sabotsky and Max Rosenberg, who would make the form their own, producing eight horror anthologies between 1965's Doctor Terror's House of Horrors and 1981's The Monster Club, all starring famous horror actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Ingrid Pitt and Vincent Price, as well as at least two Doctor Whos, uh, John Pertwee and Tom Baker.
0: And Joan Collins. And we could joined... call her a horror star. She yeah. was in a film called I Don't Want to Be Born, which was an amazing horror movie.
1: Yes, that's, yeah. a, that's a strange movie <laughs> run into at 2am in the morning, uh, <laughs> uh, as I did as a child. Um, uh, American TV horror produ- uh, producer director Dan Curtis, the man behind Dark Shadows, would bring the form to US television with hits like the aforementioned Trilogy of Terror with Karen Black times three and dead of night which is not the dead of night we're talking about tonight there's a lot of reused titles there are, in the there are
0: really mm. there are a lot they're starting to sound like um you know all the the uh the the chinese massage places are you know how they just put <laughs> <laughs> they have the same names like serenity rainbow or um i don't know Velvet something Hands. like that yeah <laughs> Heaven Hands, or something. All, yeah. I see the same name, I swear, over and over again. I don't know why I went there. That was so strange. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Just make a track. <laughs> so in the 80s, uh, George A. Romero and Stephen King's Creepshow and Steven Spielberg and John Landis's ill-fated Twilight Zone the movie would perhaps be the closest thing to blockbusters of the genre. In latter years, the horror anthology has proved a popular way for young directors to have their first feature film credits by simply bunging a bunch of short films together and releasing them as an anthology. Or franchise, like the popular VHS film series. But for all their variable quality, these trick-or-treat grab bags of cinematic candy have become a durable film genre for horror buffs. Emma and Caitlin, what are some of your favourite examples of horror anthologies besides the ones we're talking about tonight?
2: Um, I love the Mortuary Collection. It's a newer one. Um, I'm not sure if you know. It's on Shudder. Have you seen it, Emma?
0: I have, actually. So it's got a really good soundtrack. It does. An and excellent soundtrack. And the
2: wraparound yeah. is really strong, which yeah. you don't always get with... Yeah.
0: Um, Anthology films, I find.
1: Yeah, With Clancy Brown. I mean,
2: you can't get past Clancy Brown. Can't.
1: And it has an amazing story about a man that gets pregnant and gives oh. birth out of a certain part of his Phenomenal. body. Yes.
2: Phenomenal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's my favourite chapter.
2: Um, the VHS ones are very variable. Very find. variable. There's usually one or two that um, make it worth watching, but then the rest you're like, I'm just kind of sitting through this until... That no. one comes along.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even, like the first one. I thought was pretty worthless. Um, the M. Have you any? You know
0: what? I've got a confession to make. I'm not a huge fan of horror anthologies. So you were
1: thrilled when we picked this subject. Yeah, but, <laughs> well,
0: well. <laughs> I've actually enjoyed doing it, but I've, I've, I, I don't usually gravitate towards them. But I can see how. Um, I think mainly because I like to wallow in a complete big, long story, I guess. Mm. When I say big and long, you know, 90 minutes <laughs> or yeah, something. Yes. But, um, and, you know, there's always a risk with a horror anthology or an anthology of any kind, um, although it does, uh, the format does kind of lend itself to horror, the horror genre. There's always the risk that you're going to get a dud one within there. So I kind of, I guess I I don't like, you know, taking that risk, but I can see how you kind of called it. What did you call them? Um, candy so- grab bag grab bag a yeah. candy grab something you use because that's their snack size they're bite-sized mm. pieces you know i can see how it works really well for halloween in particularly in terms of halloween celebrations and that idea of a slumber party and you know i don't know people can kind of have one ear one eye on it i don't know they can go out and yeah <laughs> uh, scare people through the window at some point or um and then for the ones that are truly invested you've got got the the wraparound story which can be that kind of lovely neat bow that you put on top and um and hopefully add some sort of con- deeper context to it yeah when yeah. i say deeper context th- these films aren't really high concept usually i don't know man some of the abc's of death have like scarred me for
2: life <laughs> well that uh, is that is for zygote has anybody seen it
1: i I, no. I can't remember it, but that oh. could be because I blocked it. Out. My <laughs>
2: gosh! If you want to see
0: one of the most disturbing films, <laughs> Can we call can we call Black Mirror? Like
1: it's almost it's a an horror. anthology series. It's an
0: anthology series, yeah. yeah.
1: So that's a like different the Twilight Zone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. Tales from the Crypt,
0: and it's I would say it's horror too. Most of yeah, it a lot is, of it is yeah. quite horrifying. But weren't you in one of the
2: ABCs of? Uh, My short film, Made of Horror, got put on the anthology, the omnibus of ABC's Deaths 1 and 2 as part of the like – Monster Fest version which looks like a little golden book which that's I thought was so adorable.
1: Um, oh, wonderful. I've got that yeah. edition. It's, yeah. I, I saw that. It's like, nice I need work. to look at this. This is great work. <laughs> oh, congratulations. So so if you, if anybody out there owns the uh, ABCs of Death omnibus Blu-ray put out by Monster Pictures, you'll have Caitlin Short made of honour on there. Made of horror. Made of horror. Yes, that's so the joke. That.
2: Don't worry. So many people I've have messed that <laughs> up <laughs> <laughs> over the years. For the I've... joke,
1: I need to watch it is my, is what we came <laughs> okay. out of that. Made
2: of honour. Bride of Horror.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about you, Paul? What about you?
1: Uh, I'm a big. I look, I, I love the Amicus Tales from the Crypt with the aforementioned Joan mm. Collins yep. in the classic um, All Through the Night, where she's hunted by a Santa Claus throughout the house. Yeah, that I think i am Genuinely I'm, terrifying.
0: I've now. Once we get into the discussion, well, we are into the
1: discussion. What am I talking about? But
0: but in terms of the houses that drip blood, that has got me thinking that I want to go and see because I haven't seen that one. Um, (gasps) What a treat for I I think that's the thing.
1: I think start with the Amicus ones. Yeah, yeah. Because they're really smart. They're really fun. They're written by people like Robert Block. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm quite happy to do that. I love that aesthetic. So, Yeah.
1: yeah. And the casts are incredible. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: I'll keep my powder dry, though, yes. until we get to that. Yes, we, Dead we of night. Shall. Dead, of Dead, of of... Dead of Night.
1: Dead of Night. All right, <laughs> so first, let's dig into our first film of the night, shall we?
0: Just go and see this film.
1: <laughs> so from, this is from 1945. This is literally the tail end of World War II. Dead, uh, Dead of Night from directors Charles Crichton, Basil and uh, Robert Hamer and Alberto Cavalcanti, from scripts by Angus Macphail, T.E.B. Clarke and John Baines, based on stories by Macphail, Baines, E.F. Benson and H.G. Wells. This was the only horror film ever produced by Ealing Studios. which mm, are Comedy, usually. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And also, horror films were banned during the war in, in Britain. This one? Really? And, and this was like, yeah, this was like the first kind of... Really? Yeah, this was like a rarity, yeah. This was
0: released two days... After the end of the official end of Second World War, after the the Japanese surrender was mm. signed, or something like that, two days.
1: That's crazy. They must have had something. it in the gun, ready for as soon as the war ends, we're getting a <laughs> horror film out there. to go six years without?
0: Do you know why they were banned? Did you? I think where it was came up with that? No,
1: yeah, I've I've read it online. I think it was something to do with morale it was something that actually came from the film office. Right, okay. But everyone
2: turns to horror movies during times of crisis. So exactly. You not yeah. understand why that would be.
1: Which I guess we've realized more and more throughout time and now Indeed. it's become we've really leaned into it. Um, so this is architect Walter Craig seeking the possibility of some work at a country farmhouse soon finds himself once again stuck in his recurring nightmare dreading the end of the dream that he knows is coming he must first listen to all the assembled guests own bizarre tales. I've got to say, you mentioned the mortuary collection. This might be my favorite wraparound story
0: oh, in an anthology. Oh, big call!
1: I think this is very, very good.
0: Well, considering I'm not an anthology girl, I can't. I'm, I'm, I don't have a completest view, mm-hmm. but I'd say I'm, I'm willing to back you on that, Paul. This is this is a ripper, you know. Um, and I think that's why uh, Dead of Night has resonated so much. It's for such a a quirky sort of older film, you know, that um, it, as an anthology, it just is, um, it, it really leaves you, it leaves, stays with you at the end because you're thinking, wow, this is, we won't say what the wraparound is. No. Let people actually enjoy that themselves, but um, it's, in terms of the stories, it's another one where, I, I mean, I lo- I do really like them all, um, mm. but there is that one that you play the audio clip from, which is the Ventriloquist d- Dummy. What's it called? Ventriloquist Dummy? It's actually called that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hugo.
0: And with uh, Michael Redgrave playing the Ventriloquist uh, that everyone remembers. That's yeah. a sort of signpost for this film. That, it's a signature chapter. Yeah, it is. And I think that the... The um, the film is, oh, God, it really feels like that um, you would have, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Rod Serling, who yes. wrote The Twilight Zone, would have taken a lot of cues from this. Mm. And uh, Richard
1: Matheson as well. Yes, like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
0: It's also got that, it's a, like a little chamber piece, really. It's got a, almost an Agatha Christie feel as well in terms of you kind of feel like... You know, I don't know, this. Colonel Mustard with the candlestick <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the... Yeah.
1: they're, all, they're very all very English too. <laughs> very
0: English yeah. and mannered. Although Googie Withers is in know who, well, it was English, but she she My came to Australia media. and, you know, became one of us. One of us, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, we so, and feathered her and called her... <laughs> <laughs> called <yes>. her replace <laughs> her arms with wings? Did we did, did. Yeah.
0: talking about horror
1: movies. <laughs> um,
0: but, uh, yeah, this, this is very much a piece, um, I think, in creepiness and dread and and terror there 's actually i um wrote a book uh with a guy called uh jez Connolly and he co wrote a book on dead of night to be totally honest nice. he did that yes as well and uh if anyone 's interested in reading it but what I really liked was he had this um he had this definition of uh this idea of uh dead of night falling more into the terror category rather than what people would think is is, as a horror. Mm. And he has a quote from um, Devendra Varma, who was this leading authority on Gothic um, literature, and in his work in 1957 he quoted this. He said, The difference between terror and horror is the difference between Awful apprehension and sickening realization between the smell of death and stumbling against a corpse. Oh. I thought that was really that's great. Quite evocative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it yeah it actually uses <laughs> horror at horror terror example to to divine it, and um, I think that's really that's really appropriate in um, describing the mood mm. and the what how Dead of Night sits with you and what it leaves you with. Yeah, absolutely. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. There's some spooky uh, wind effects there. You're listening to Primal Screen Halloween 4 <laughs> on Triple R <laughs> with Paul Anthony Nelson, Emma Westwood and Caitlin Collar. It's a
0: draft all of a sudden. It's a bit of a, you know...
1: Close the bloody door. <laughs> yeah,
0: close the door.
1: It's As great. I love that. <laughs> Just adding value. Um, So tonight we are focusing for a Halloween uh, uh, um, focus on uh, horror anthology films. So the track you just heard was Halloween by the Dead Kennedys. And before that, we were discussing 1945's Dead of Night. So Caitlin, how did you find this... uh, one of the earliest examples of horror anthologies
2: I had my first watch on Saturday um, because of this and it did not disappoint it was an absolute delight a treat I felt like I was in a warm bath of happiness and joy <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is- no, not this film. But I love the <laughs> way that you describe yeah, it. it.
1: That's right, what right. I love. That's what I love. <laughs> it's um, a warm bath for Kate. That
0: is warm bath of blood. It That's Caitlyn's brain That's we're sitting brain. in just, at the moment. Just, yeah, it's, it's
2: beautiful. Um, I think that, <laughs> it's, it's um, I think that <laughs> what gets overlooked a lot was Foley's story about the golfers. That yes. was quite a horror comedy, if you think about oh, it. Oh,
1: 100 percent. And and it's like because it, we were saying before, this is the only horror film that Ealing ever produced, and this is the most Ealing chapter. It's almost like they put an Ealing comedy in the middle of it. Oh,
2: it's Amazing, I, and I love horror comedy. I will defend it to the death because I think it never gets
0: the recognition it deserves. Oh, as a oh see, I don't like com- horror comedy. Am <gasps> I? I know. I can. I'm not, a, I'm here, not a horror comedy girl at all.
1: That's the thing. There's so many people who go, "Oh, horror comedies never work." There's only like two good ones, and it's like you can you start rattling off like twenty. That are good. Yeah. And it's like, there's like, yeah, a lot of people do it badly. And when it goes badly, it goes very badly. You get wacko or something, you know, like, yeah. whereas when it goes well, you get Shaun of the Dead, you get Evil Dead 2, you get, you know. Yeah. I was going to
2: say, everything in my library at home. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> like the Follies golfers, my God, when when one of the golfers leaves the the pitch because he's just, Failed and just walks off into the pond. (laughs)
1: Virginia Woolf style. (laughs) to,
2: To end his life. Did anyone realise that was going to happen? I was so surprised. I was, like, almost crying with laughter.
0: <laughs> they do actually. Uh, Ealing comedies do a lot, involve a lot of very black. Macabre bla- stuff. Yeah, yeah, the the lady killers, mm. you know, that. And Kind um, Hearts and Coronets. Kind Hearts and Coronets is actually really dark. <laughs> but then so is the ladies killers. I mean, they're yeah. going to tr- try and kill the old lady who, you know kindly brought them into their place to do their their heist
1: yeah exactly and, and you know play the music um, yeah. the two guys that are in that chapter Caitlin um, they were famous for they were in Alfred Hitchcock's the Lady vanishes mm-hmm. as um, oh, what were their names Caldecott and something and um, uh, Charters and Caldecott um, and they were two cricket loving mates like sort of hetero life partners who would sort of travel around and go to cricket games, and they were so popular in that film they decided to cast them in this, as these guys.
2: <laughs> it's a beautiful friendship. It I is. love seeing friendship on screen.
1: It's so good. It's so good. I really find this, the one with the girl who's, who's playing hide-and-seek with yeah. her friends who goes into the secret room, I find that one quite chilling.
2: Really? Yeah,
1: I like that one.
2: What's yeah. what? What about it?
1: It's the boy, It's just this whole thing. It's this very innocuous. Oh, it's a little boy, and it's it's like it's like one of those creepy stories you tell around at, at a party or at a or at a campfire or something like that. It's like she goes and sees this little boy, and it's like, like he's dressed like it's in the eighteen hundreds, and then he says this, and it's like, and then you come out, and it's like, wait, what? Who? What? That sounds like and I don't want to spoil it, but it's like one of those things. He's like, oh shit, yeah, like yeah, like it's one of those type. Yeah, but the ventriloquist dummy one is incredible, and there's a fine that the 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 image that ends up with in the cell is must have been is as creepy now as it was in 45.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that I don't know whether people would look. It's hard to say now because horror has been, you know, there's been that upping of, and this is a whole. This is a whole other episode in itself. Um, we could have another hour talking about it. But that whole upping of the ante of the, the horror. Mm. And uh, I am sometimes wonder whether in some ways we're kind of becoming a bit exhausted with that now and going back to something where there's more inferred horror mm. because that, for example, that one you talked about with the, the girl doing the, the game and mm. going up into the attic, there's nothing that's actually – uh, even creepy shown. It's all because you find out what
1: all that means.
0: What yeah. that means yeah. afterwards, and you therefore look at it in a different light, mm. and it sits with you in a different way, and it can, it kind of seeps into under the skin in a, a certain way. Whereas we can, we're so used to seeing. Blood and guts these days, but yeah, yeah, and
1: I think yeah, there is definitely a gravitation back to a good story well told within the, oh, the horror genre. This is
0: one. This is one of, is one of um, Martin Scorsese's horror picks on his what was it top
1: Eleven, 11, yeah. 11 yeah. horror <laughs> movies. We got to stop at ten; I had to go on an eleven. I couldn't. He went
0: to eleven, like Spinal Tap, <laughs> and um and but this film, if you look this, and if you know. um Two other films that he put on that list, which were the Haunting and the Uninvited, you can see they sort sit together really mm. nicely as three films. And um, yeah, I think that, and I think he put The Innocents in there too yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, well, they sit together as four as nice a, as films a, a to awesome. watch together. Yeah, yeah, what a night! Um, I know. Very nice of you. I've a programming Halloween <laughs> franchise. Cool. I'm po- programming Dead of Night, The Haunting and the Uninvited together. Interesting. And um and and The Innocence can go in there as well, because that's just a wonderful film.
1: <laughs> so um, that's so that's uh, Dead of Night. Now we jump forward two and a half decades to another British film from the great Amicus Productions, and that's The House That Dripped Blood.
2: Vampires Voodoo, vixens, and victims. You'll find them all in the house that dripped
1: blood. Right, 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 great. right. <laughs> Directed by Peter Duffel and written by Robert Block, Yes, the man who wrote the original novel to Psycho. Yes. Um, and Russ Jones uh, was the other screenwriter. So the, uh, the the quick synopsis of this is, Shortly after renting an old country house, film star Paul Henderson mysteriously disappears and Inspector Holloway from Scotland Yard is called to investigate. Inquiring at the local police station, Holloway is told that the house is cursed and is told four horrific tales from the house's history. So, Caitlin, this was your choice.
2: It was my choice. For
1: tonight, what is it about the house that dripped blood that makes you keep wanting to uh, knock on its door?
2: Again, a bath
1: of delight. <laughs> Enjoy. joy. It's just Peter
2: Cushing. It's Christopher Lee. It's everything you want. It's just like wrapped up in a bow. It's beautiful. The colours are rich. Yes. The stories mm. are fun, spooky, not too scary. If you're inviting friends over who aren't really into horror. Um, it is called The House That Drip Blood. Spoiler, there is no blood in this entire film. <laughs> um, they, I did read up that um, it was originally going to be rated as PG and then they... Pleaded, Amicus pleaded with the censors, can they rate it X? Because they didn't want to bomb at the box office. Um, And so they said, all right, sure, go ahead. Um, So, yeah, there is no blood in the House of Trip Blood, and yet, eerie, spooky, and and beautiful.
1: And there's vampires in it, though. I know. Still no blood.
0: Still no blood.
1: That's bizarre. I mean, speaking of horror stars, Ingrid Pitt is in this movie.
0: Well, yes. Beautiful Ingrid Pitt. Um, and, and her
1: cleavage, which, her...
0: which is something poor yeah. Ingrid Pitt just was became synonymous with that. That was a Hammer. Um, yes. That's another thing. I think a lot of people confuse the Amicus films with the Hammer films because they have the same aesthetic. So mm. if there's anyone out who, there who kind of has an idea or knows what that, Golden era of Hammer look like the beautiful, brilliant Technicolor time of Hammer. This film is very much in that ilk.
1: Absolutely, so, but but Amicus, yeah. unlike Hammer, generally more modern day set stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 specialised in anthologies. I think they made eighteen. I think they made twenty eight films overall something about about 20 were horror and eight of those were anthologies yeah
0: eight with anthologies that's quite incredible and i noticed they even they they shared so much talent across the yeah. hammer that freddie francis was um someone who came from the hammer stable as well who's a cinematographer and also a director and did has done some amazing Films. Yeah. He he shot the Innocent. I was just
1: about to say it looks
0: fabulous because he shot it. Yeah, so
1: yeah. Um, I I don't yeah. love the Innocence as a horror movie, but it is one of the most jaw-droppingly, gorgeously shot films. Oh, it's ever
0: beautiful. Made. It is beautiful, and not as a horror movie. Ugh. All right, okay, it's that's another. Paul. I don't yeah. like her. Oh I, my think,
1: gosh. I think Deborah Carr is so far over the top. <sighs> she just annoys the hell out of me. I'm I devastated
2: don't... for you, Paul. Yeah,
1: like the, the little kids are creepy, they're great. Yep. And Peter Wingard, old Jason King, he's great and creepy out the window. Like but I just I can't deal with Deborah Carr in that movie. I'm just like, all right, you know, our good friend Lee Gambon has this thing calm with down. Una <laughs> O'Connor in Bright of Frankenstein. I have the same thing with Deborah Carr in the oh, US. Right. I'm like, all right, right, calm down. We don't just Calm down.
0: <laughs> calm down, Deborah.
1: <laughs> yes. But yes, but back to yeah, Freddie Francis, exactly, who direct who shot. You know, uh, a lot of stuff, and directed Tales from the Crypt and a yeah. few other things. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, this has got some very um, – this has got some – I mean, Denim Elliott is in this film. Um, John Pertwee's in the more – The um, Doctor, Speaking of kind of horror comedies. Again, yes. horror comedy ties it, is it all a, together.
0: It is a horror comedy, very much so, that one. But this also doesn't – I think it's beautifully written. The block stories are great. They do draw an incredibly long bow. There's a lot of holes in the narratives, let's say. But this doesn't matter. You know, they, they work so beautifully just to let them wash over you and this idea of... They don't even have Cushing and um, Christopher Lee in the same one, so they spread them out over a couple of different um, episodes. Pertwee, the same. Denim Elliott's in the first one. I really liked the first one, actually. I thought that was really strong. Yeah. Um, uh, the Horror Writer. It's a strangler. That's often a thing with a, this idea of a, a, a horror writer somehow being caught up in horrors, whether it's. Um, but that's their become films a very from...
1: modern thing, hasn't it? Like It's it a very post Stephen King type thing. This is back the Misery from Freaking. misery, yeah, 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 like Secret Window is kind yeah, of I where my mind's window, going. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and this, um, but this is, yeah, you know, I think it doesn't talk down, despite the the fact that you know, it might not have the most sophisticated of storylines in terms of complexity or anything like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't talk down to its audience because there's a lot of little horror nods and winks, and mm. you know that uh, horror fans will get a lot from.
1: Yeah. And that's what's great with these amicus ones too. They don't really take themselves too seriously. Like it there's a there's the odd chapter here and there that's creepy, but they also mix in the horror comedy and like I watched Asylum last night and that a lot of that is bonkers. As <laughs> like, but, you know, but and, and with Tales from the Crypt, you get that, you know, there's there's a really creepy one with Joan Collins. There's a really sad one with um, Peter, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing, oh, devastating. It? It's yes. It's one of the saddest things.
2: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was horror was film. just after his wife died. So oh, he's got that wow. that melancholy and grief
0: in it that you can't oh, and fake. And picking it's
1: on him. Oh, no. Uh, oh, oh, I can't. Yeah. 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 You that's... see him,
0: yeah, because in this he looks, in um, House of Drip Blood, he looks much um, fuller faced, shall we say, for Peter Cushing and you watch him in films um, after 1972, like you said, and he starts getting even more sallow and thin Mm. after the death of his wife. Phil and I have a joke that um, Peter Cushing
2: never had a, a full pillow at home, because his cheeks would just <laughs> cut it to ribbons every night. He would just wake up with oh, yes. feathers everywhere. It's <laughs> a very specific joke,
0: and I find that it gets horror people
1: right <laughs> in a good place. Raise, Oh, razor cheeks cushing.
0: But also the wraparound story for this is the weakest, I would say, yeah, out of what we've yeah, done for this. the wraparound story is pretty ordinary. It's pretty, because the house, It's I love the house. The house, the, but the set design really is beautiful. But nothing. Ha- the Wrong. house has really nothing to do with it.
1: It's all kind of random things. Like, one is... Elsewhere to the Waxworks, yeah, halfway across town. That has exactly. Nothing to do with that. Exactly. He but just he lived to live in the there. Ha- he just yeah. rented it for a while. Yeah. That's all. I do like that one. Is so that that one's quite fun too?
0: Possibly that. any I'm... house, if you really wanted to, if you if you could look into the lineage of any house, you could possibly do this anthology or an anthology of that type, a horror anthology across any house. Yeah. Like
1: that. every house, every house <laughs> has housed people who have ended up dying.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Great production design though. This yeah. film looks fabulous, and especially if you like that aesthetic of that British going from the British black and white with *Dead of Night* to this sumptuous color um, theatrical, beautiful '60s film. Yeah, although it's 1971, but it's a '60s film. It is. Yeah.
1: It's got a it's got a '60s swagger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you've you've got a strangler, you've got a creepy kid making a voodoo doll. And you've got, you know, Christopher Lee as her stern father. You've got, you've got creepy waxworks, and and you've got stranglers, and you've got vampires, and you've got Ingrid Pitt's cleavage. It's all there. Everything you like, like the man said, vampires, vixens. Voodoo, 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 all the V's, <laughs> all the V's,
0: including the V. <laughs> <VX Max.
1: laughs> Fabulous, yeah. <I>
0: did. <laughs> See what I did there?
1: I, I, I saw it, <laughs> but no, I really, I really dig this, and I, I highly recommend. I mean, this is a super fun movie. Um, I, I recommend that people seek out the Amicus stuff. Um, the eight films being, you know, the House of Drip Blood, Doctor Terror's House of Horrors, Um, Torture Garden, Um, the Um. Uh, From Beyond the Grave, The Monster Club, yeah, all that. Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. And um, I know there's one I'm forgetting, but yeah, uh, seek them out. They're really great. Wonderful. Uh, So if you want to find Dead of Night, Dead of Night is currently streaming on horror subscription service Shudder and Mm -hmm. uh, The House That Drip Blood can be found streaming on the free ad-supported service Tubi.
0: Love be
1: Before oh, we do, we do love be We do. Um, now, before we throw to a track, uh, we have a giveaway to announce.
0: Emma, we do, we do, and it's an MTC presents Melbourne Theatre Company. That is uh, a very Jewish Christmas Carol by Elise Estherhurst and uh, Philip Kavanagh. and that's going to be playing. Just so you know, the season is the fourteenth of November to the sixteenth of December. Uh, it was this is was commissioned and developed through the MTC's uh, next stage writers program and it's the riotous retelling of Charles Dickens classic tale taking audiences on a wild and laugh out loud journey through a familiar, festive, and spirited time.
1: So we just to, we just want to give a quick shout tonight. We're talking about uh, horror anthology films. Um, we've discussed Dead of Night from 1945 and The House That Dripped Blood from 1971. We've got one more to go. But before we do, we did want to just give a quick plug to a little bit of triple R horror that's happened recently. Is um, there was a live uh, to air radio play called Rithe to Air. Uh, written and directed by mystifying Melbourne presenter Carl. I'm going to need some pronunciation. Aisha Pashu. Aisha Pashu, thank you. And it's a unique fictionalised horror radio play drawing inspiration from Melbourne's history and honouring the golden era of radio. Taking place in the 1940s and tells the tale of a disgruntled radio presenter who longs for a better time slot with a devious plan to get there. And features an all star Triple R cast Daniel James, Rachel Short, Paulie P., Clara Slewa. Simon Winkler, Kate Kingsmill, Vanessa Tohulka, Tony Biggs and Tristan Harris. And that is currently uh, up on demand on the RRR website, rrr.org.au. So you should uh, take an hour and have a listen to that. And it was
0: actually recorded in front of the live studio audience, wasn't it? Yeah. With yeah. live folly.
1: Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. So cool.
0: More. I say more.
1: <laughs> Speaking of more, what about one more anthology? So, uh, this uh, we've been to the 40s and the 70s, and now we're going on to a dark alley into the aughts with 2007's Trick or Treat, written and directed by Michael Doherty. Interwoven stories demonstrate that some traditions are best not forgotten as the residents of a small town faced real ghosts and goblins on Halloween. Tales of terror reveal the consequences of extinguishing a jack-o'-lantern before midnight and a grumpy hermit's encounter with a sinister trick-or-treater. Um, yeah, so this is this is bringing it into uh, into the modern era. Mm-hmm. Um, super Halloween thing. I love films that go, that really double down on the Halloween aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Lots of orange, orange and white lights, and you know pumpkins and and lots of How orange. How
0: many jack-o'-lanterns in this? Sorry. There's a hell of a lot. <laughs>
1: Front yards with, like, 30 jack o Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, and Dylan Baker, among others. Um, didn't have Brian Cox's nose, though. He had a different nose. Are you
0: davor? Huh? Are you devastated? That it didn't have yeah. his nose? <laughs> you were referring to he's got like sort of a pointy longer pointy nose in this Mm, yeah made him up a bit as
1: as mr Cree. yes um i like that it i like how this um plays with the actor's previous work a little bit as well like you know dylan baker played a a, a, a very creepy dad in uh, in ha- 1998's Happiness. Yeah. And you've got him playing a creepy dad in this. You know, Anna Paquin with her whole true blood kind of history here is kind of a virginal girl in a red Riding Hood costume who is more than what she seems. Now, this is a horror comedy, Caitlin. This should be right oh, up my alley.
2: right up my alley. I loved it. Um, I saw it many years ago, um, just like a cheeky, Like watching it on my laptop back in the day, and um, yeah, I I was like, why didn't this come out at the theater? It was it's ripe for Halloween theater lovers. I mean, it's got everything you want, really, and it's got um, the mixing of the tails is really nice. Like, it doesn't really have a wraparound per se. It's more just a um, – and I like the way that it, it plays with time backwards and
0: forwards and overlaps. Um, yeah, it's – The wraparound's wraparound. Halloween. The wraparound just is the Halloween, Halloween night in that neighbourhood. That's the wraparound, little. It's little yeah. Sam taking Sam anyone – Sam You reckon his name is Sam
1: Hayne? <laughs> I reckon it is too. I, yeah. I think yeah. they definitely called him Sam for that reason. <laughs> yep. Uh, taking people to task for not following halloween protocol not yes. not giving out candy for extinguishing jackalands before midnight for uh, and he's so adorable. I love him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Emma, have you seen this before? No. I hadn't seen this. And um and, yeah, I probably wouldn't have gravitated towards it, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, incredibly commercial, like a very watchable. Um, very cleverly, slick too. Very slick. Um, debut film for him too. Mm. Um, and, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't see that. I could see that he seemed very highly accomplished and, um like you were saying, Caitlin, surprising. You'd think this would come out, this would be a great cinema film because it's highly consumable. Uh, it has pretty nasty content. Mm. That's one thing about it, but I think that it was clever in, in having this kind of glossy facade, wrapping it in something glossy that makes it far easier to digest. And, it's and 82 yeah, 82 minutes. Nice, 82 punchy. Yeah,
1: yeah, nice and tight. Because Mike yeah. Doney's next film after this would be Krampus you yes. do the same for Christmas. Which um, is the oh, – And it's we've even
0: had a Christmas – we've had a Jewish Christmas here. Look, look everything ties together. <laughs> it's Jewish coming. Christmas giveaway.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah. But, yeah, but I – Christmas uh, like Krampus is a film that's been growing on me with each time I watch it as well. Yeah. And yeah I, interesting. this does too, yeah. I uh, like
0: the way it weaponizes virginity
1: yeah. in it. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I think that's pretty
1: cool. That's cool. There yes. are a
0: few surprises in this film. There are indeed. Um, which we will not reveal. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I was I was del- quite I I was filled with delight and joy and warmth and everything that uh, Caitlin feels inside when she watches horror movies.
1: <laughs> <We've> got- <laughs> Three warm bloody baths um. tonight for Caitlin Collar. What a treat! <laughs> Elizabeth Bathory baths.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How do you think I look so young?
1: Oh! <laughs> oh.
2: Giving out my secrets Creepy. now. Um, yeah, I, So there was about five, six stories in this one. What was your favourite? It's
1: like for, I, I did like. I've got to say, I really I, the, the Dylan Baker principle one's great. That's going to really kill it. End, like ending of the first part, mm. yeah. Um, with his son is great, um, but I do love Little Sam
0: <laughs> and Craig.
1: Yeah, yeah Sam yep. and Craig.
0: What about you, Emma? Um, I think I liked. Uh, I think the first one, like that you you mentioned that one. There's something about that that just, and it's really like it gets to the the, the actual end of it. I'm like. Hey, that's really full on. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> extremely full on.
0: And then it has a nice little visual cue at the end um, of that sequence that is then called back in the it's yes. part of that idea of what we were talking about. It doesn't have its wraparound is really the fact that it's just a night in Halloween in a certain area and the way these creepy stories. Uh, Intersect, yeah, and it is nice. nice, Look, it's been it's been done before, but Halloween is always a good context to have murder and mayhem in um uh, in the under the cover of. The day, or the the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the what's going on, because you know you can do anything on Halloween. So it is, exactly. it is a beautiful um, uh, little construct to yes. play with.
1: And and know, that thing of weekend. not being yourself on Halloween. Uh, five words or less, Caitlin, your favorite.
2: Oh, uh, school box massacre.
1: <laughs> oh yes, that is that's a great little story as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Cr- yeah, yeah,
0: actually, you're right. Mm. Yeah. So.
1: Trick or treat is available to rent or buy on Apple, iTunes, or Amazon Video. You're listening to Primal Screen on Triple R. You've been listening to Primal Screen Halloween 4 with me, petrifying Paul Anthony Nelson, and my very special guests, Evil Emma Westwood and creepy Caitlin Collar. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. This has been super fun.
0: It has been. Paul and and uh, I just I'm going to plug you. You've made a horror film, um, Paul. Where can people I see did. that?
1: So uh, yes, I made a, uh, my, Me and my partner Perry Cummings made a film called Apparitions. It's currently available on video on demand on uh, Vimeo. If you. Uh Just go into Vimeo and look for Apparitions. Otherwise, it's vimeo.com slash on-demand slash watch. Um, You'll find it around. We'll put a link up somewhere on the...
0: And uh, watch, really quickly, watch Caitlin's um, 30 Miles from Nowhere, which is on... Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime.
1: 30 Miles from Nowhere is so much fun. Um, on tonight's show, we focused on horror, horror anthology films, starting with 1945's Dead of Night, available to stream on Shudder. The House That Dripped Blood, streaming on Tubi and Trick or Treat, available to rent or buy from iTunes and Amazon. Um, as always, you can listen back to tonight's episode on the Triple R website rrr.org.au or subscribe to the Primal Screen podcast. It's good night from us.
0: Thanks for listening to Primal Screen, a weekly radio show airing Monday evenings on Triple R. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast version and feel free to get in touch via the Primal Screen Facebook page or the R website.